0: Hey guys, before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that doors are now open for our Signature Accelerator program. We are doing a major deal for this promo period where you get Critical Care Academy's CCRN review course absolutely for free as a bonus if you join us before May 4th. Our Signature program is special because it's a one-time investment for lifetime access. There are no recurring fees. We want you to start this process early. So if you're in nursing school or if you are just starting the school search process, this is absolutely perfect for you. We walk you through picking schools, writing your resume, making sure you have all those boosters to make you stand out. We've got over 20 hours of video lessons along with an entire downloads vault of swipe files and templates. And of course, over 50% of the program is interview prep, We have five on-demand mock interviews. And then, of course, a huge part of this is every month we have office hours where you can bring your questions and get answers. We have essay office hours with our expert developmental editor, Dr. Diane Cady. We have group mock interview practice labs, ad hoc guest speakers like SRNAs and other faculty. It really is a comprehensive program. And once you are in, you are in for life. You can head to the crnaclub.com to check it out. And again, the CCRN review course as a bonus, that ends on May 4th. So if you are on the fence, shoot me a DM at the CRNA club. I am hanging out there. But otherwise, let's jump into today's episode. Welcome to the CRNA Club podcast where we talk all things CRNA. As a practicing CRNA, I'm sharing everything I wish I knew when I was applying to CRNA school. I'm Sachi, your host and number one fan. Let's get started. To the CRNA Club podcast, I'm so excited to have you on. We, Amanda and I, uh, have been trying to connect um, for a couple of months now, but wow. we are just so both so busy. So this is wonderful to finally have you on the podcast. Um, so for those of those of you who don't know Amanda, I'm going to have you give a little introduction uh, of yourself and a little bit about what we're going to talk about today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Like she said, we've been trying to connect and connect and connect, and we're in very different time zones, so I appreciate you being up nice and early. But my name is Amanda Kay, and I'm a nurse anesthetist. I have a child. I have another one on the way. I have a husband, and I... I work full-time as a CRNA in various capacities, hospitals, surgery centers, offices, you name it. And I had a really rough journey through CRNA school that um, I believe we'll be touching on today. And kind of my mission is just to, I've always had like a dream to help people live their dream life and get their dreams and it just so happened that I'm able to do that and help aspiring nurse anesthetists not only like take the first steps but like my whole thing is like getting out of that survival mode and like thriving as you're applying as you know the rejections the disappointments come how to handle those and then when you get into school like I think we just don't talk enough about the mental health needs when you're in such a rigorous program and when your life is kind of upended and I just want my platform to be a safe place where I can not only help you achieve your dreams but you can do it in a way that serves you and doesn't break you.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important, the mission behind what you are trying to do and support our SRNAs, because when you're in CRNA school, nobody gets it except for your classmates and you, even your spouse, your family, your parents, your friends, even though they see you putting in the time and the hours and they can see the stress on your face, they don't truly understand. So the only people that get it are the people who went before you who also did it. Like other CRNAs, um, and then your classmates. So sometimes that can be really challenging to find support systems that can really support you during this incredibly stressful time in your life. So, Amanda, I think that's incredible. There are not enough people like you. There is not enough of a focus on wellness. There's not enough of a uh, pursuit of the essence of thriving. Like, that is not really something we talk about. It's more of the grin and bear it and make it through, keep your head down, get to the finish line type of thing. And, you know, I, I definitely agree. I think that needs to change. So... Can you talk to us a little bit about, like, your journey in CRNA school? I know you mentioned that it was really challenging. It was incredibly challenging for, I think, every CRNA that was out there. But (laughs) what was it a little bit about your journey that made you realize, like, wow, this is not how it should be?
1: Yeah, I think, like, my... Um, You know, CRNA actually wasn't my official goal. Like, when I finished nursing school, I knew I eventually wanted to do higher ed, but I had no clue what that looks like. And so I just kind of went into my 20s, lived my best life, traveled, didn't really prepare financially, didn't seek out mentors, like nothing. And so when I finally did get into anesthesia school... It was fine, but, like, I definitely wasn't prepared. And then leading up to it, I had, my dog had gotten really sick. I ended up being literally broke. Like, I'm talking, like, I had, like, no money. I had to borrow from, like, one of my friends who was in CRNA school just to, like, get an apartment. It was, like, it was a mess. And I'm flying to interviews. I was on the West Coast. I had to fly to the East Coast to interview and back. And so I didn't have any money when I started anesthesia school. I had been with my boyfriend at the time for, Oh my God, 10 years, eight years, something like that, a long time. And, um, I ended that relationship and you know, my grandma had just passed away. It was just, a lot. <laughs> so when I started, I wasn't really in, I started, like I've said this before on social, I've started, I started very broken. I was very broken. I felt very lost and I kind of had to use my time in anesthesia school. I moved from the West coast all the way to the East coast. I didn't know anybody like literally, well, I knew one person, everything was just different. And I just remember, I'm not an anxious person and I remember going to clinicals and Stuff and just having anxiety that I never had before. And I was like, first of all, like, why is this my life? I was supposed to. I thought I was going to be with this guy forever. You know, I thought I would like I didn't think I'd be broke. I I just worked my entire 20s. I worked my butt off. Like I had I should have had money, you know, and I just was like how did I get here to be such a mess? And so I'm trying to put together my life back together, figure out who I am because I didn't like who I was. And then I'm trying to do school, (laughs) like keep up with the schoolwork and you're going to clinical. And I mean, I got bullied. It's like I got, there was a lot of bullying. The upperclassmen weren't very nice. It was just very rough. And I can look back now and I'm grateful for it. And I wouldn't change anything. Anything, but I mean, yeah, the anxiety, the overwhelm, the crying, the disappointment in yourself, the being a novice and not knowing. I went from being a travel nurse to like not knowing anything and being made to feel like an idiot, and I just was like, This was this, this is really hard. <laughs> I was like, I did not think anesthesia school would be this challenging on so many levels, so I just it was it was messy, it was very, very messy, but necessary.
0: Yeah, and I think that takes uh, a different type of person to look back on the, that experience and be like, you know what, this is—that's how it was meant to be. I wouldn't change a thing, because I mean that—that that shows real maturity and, and growth. Because I think that sometimes hindsight is twenty-twenty, but when you're in the moment, you're like, this is. Terrible, And just the stakes are so high uh, when you're in school that you can't afford to get kicked out of clinical. You can't afford to fail. You know, it's that's failure. Sometimes it's just not an option. Um, failing daily is sort of the, the regular process of being in CRNA school. You're failing all the time. But, you know, on a global scheme of, like, failing out of a program, that's, like, that stress is a huge weight on your shoulders, so that is a that is a lot that you had to face going into your program. So in retrospect, if you could do that part over again, would you have sit sa- you would have saved more money? You would have tried to like how would you have approached that scenario a little differently looking back? Yeah, I think
1: that- I think the main thing is like, I've had to kind of really just forgive myself for my carelessness with money in my twenties and just, you know what I did the best I could with who I was and what I had available and what kind of my goals were. But I think that really is the main thing is I wish I would have saved money. I wish I would have kind of, understood finances more as far as like now I'm very well-versed in investing and having, you know, different streams of income and being able to, you know, put the money in different places and grow it and all that good stuff. So that was probably my major thing I give anybody is, you know, be smart with your, be smarter than I was with your money. And I think for everything else, I just you know i just think it had to happen that way i mean i you know i went back on my the guy that i broke up with were actually married now which also was not a pretty road getting here but <laughs> a lot of history and past i you know we had to kind of go through that stuff to be together now you know what i mean of course there's many different choices i can i can make but i don't think regret is very productive. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I'm really just like, I'm, I'm glad that I travel nurse. I'm glad I took the experiences. I'm glad I did all I could do. I'm glad I fell on my face in my twenties. I don't regret any of that. And I really want to tell people like, Before you go into anesthesia school, don't be afraid to live your life. Like, I think we want to fit everything in this timeline and it's okay. Like let things flow. You will know when it's the right time to go back to school. You know what I mean? And guess what? Life is going to happen before school, during school, and it's only going to prep you the hard work. It's only going to make you more resilient for what comes later. But that's my biggest piece of advice is financially prepare. Yes, it'll be super helpful. If you don't, You're still going to be okay because I was. But for the most part, like, just let your life unfold. Focus on being a great nurse and getting that experience and then just keep building off that. And when it's the right time for you to get in and apply, then welcome that and move on to that chapter. But don't by any means try to, like rush something on your timeline, let your life just happen. And you will end up exactly where you're supposed to be. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. And if we think about a lot of the people applying to CRNA school now, a lot of these nurses were new graduates at the start of the pandemic. They entered the nursing field in a very different time. So when you graduate nursing school, you're like ready to make that nurse money. You land your first job (laughs) <laughs> these nurses uh, made that nurse money, but they entered the world in a very incredibly challenging, high stress time. They didn't get to live their life. They didn't get to travel or explore this new uh, like adulthood professional world that I think we got to experience. Right. And it's really interesting to see people in school, uh, like, you know, getting ready to apply for school when it, it kind of seems like they're already a little burnt out from being in the ICU. They're, oh, they're so almost no. propelled to take the next step because they're so done with bedside nursing in the ICU. While I understand that, and while I understand that sometimes, you know, a chapter in your life is closed and sometimes you get pushed to the next level because of discomfort and unsatisfaction where you currently are. I think there is something to be said about recovering emotionally before you push yourself during the application process and then now enter three years of a program that is going to be just as stressful as this experience that you kind of just left. Um, It's difficult to see people, I think, not make that mistake, but I, I think what you said is so right. We need to uh, enjoy life a little bit before we jump into this next chapter that is going to uh, bring our cortisol back up to those COVID days. Um, yeah, because it is it is a long time, you know, spending two years in the ICU as a COVID nurse now, probably taking, you know, this year to apply and then now jumping back into three years, that's like five five, six years of your life that, yeah, have you done any living, you know? And and now, like we mentioned, you can still live your life in anesthesia school, but it's just going to look different. You're not going to be taking the two-week-long European summer trip with your girlfriends, you know? Like, that's that's not going to happen. It's definitely, if, if you're one of those people listening to this and you're like, man, I'm feeling pretty burnt out right now, like, I encourage you to just take a beat and just, you know, take the summer off. It's okay. Take care of yourself because... You're going to need that rest and rejuvenation before you start start school. And school is always going to be there. Programs are going to be accepting people year after year. We're opening more programs in the United States. We want CRNAs in the world. It's not like, you know, all of a sudden programs are going to not exist anymore. So they're always going to be there. And everybody has their own timeline. So I yeah. 100% agree with, with what you're saying. Yeah. Love um, that. It, it's, it's, it is a quite a long road, um, but but 100% worth it.
1: Yeah. It is, 100%. And I want to just piggyback. I love that you said, like, going back for the financial piece, I think the mental health piece, too, is like, and that's my whole thing, is like, you're so, Amanda, I'm so sick of the ICU. I'm so burnt out. I can't do this anymore. And I get that because, trust me, I have been there with my jobs. I work trauma at level one facilities. I get it. I know how it feels to be that way. But just like you said, like, you have to you have to grant yourself some space. And I think you always also put a lot of pressure on yourselves because you so badly want out that, like, if I don't get in, your whole world collapses. Where I want to kind of focus and coach you guys on that rejection and that disappointment. How can we move through those, like, feel those things but not let them dictate how you're showing up, not let them dictate your next application cycle, you know, because you're just, I feel like you're just beating yourself to death where a lot of us are perfectionisms. So you're like, I need to get out of bedside, then you put all this, like, everything into applying, then you don't get in, then you are, like, devastated, and then you just feel hopeless, and then it's, like, every application cycle, you're just trying to pull yourself off the ground, and that's kind of what I want to cut, is, like, first of all, how can we make applications somewhat enjoyable, and, like, make it about the process, not about the outcome, right? We all know the result that you want, but most of life is not standing on top of the mountain on victory. Most of life is walking in the valley, so how can we walk in the valleys without being burnt out overwhelmed hopeless and exhausted and I think that's a huge point as like jumping from I hate this job get me out of here you know I'm I was the queen in my 20s of like the grass was always going to be greener and I just kept trying to get somewhere and I was like where am I trying to go Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what is the goal here? You know what I mean? And if you can't learn to choose to be content where you are, it is going to be hard being content anywhere else. I promise you that. So we got to f- focus more on enjoying the journey than just being happy when you get in and when you graduate. Cause that's, that, that's five years of your life that you could still be enjoying and growing and learning. And I don't want you guys to miss that, that crucial piece.
0: I agree. And I always like to tell people, like, being a CRNA isn't the end goal. Like, that is not the dream. That is not... I made it. Being a CRNA is the means to get you where, what you really want in life. Being a CRNA is giving you the ability to spend more time with your family and work less, Be to be financially stable, to care for your loved ones, to have a higher job satisfaction, to enjoy work, to have the other things that really matter. And I think we sometimes, yeah, we put that CRNA acceptance letter or becoming a CRNA as the end goal. But I think, you know, if that's what we do and we put that pressure on ourselves, we're never going to be happy in our job because no job is perfect. You know, we're, we're going to be unsatisfied <laughs> working those 24-hour call shifts, right? You're going to be like, man, this isn't what I signed up for. If we don't have that alternative goal of like, this is what being a CRNA gives me. This is why I do what I do. Because yeah, the grass is always going to feel greener unless we have that mindset shift. So I 100% agree with you on that. I know you precept a lot of SRNAs and when you were in school, you mentioned bullying, but did you have anybody that poured into you? Like, did you have one mentor or one friend or one CRNA or anybody in your life that kind of gave you hope or kind of served as the role model that you are serving for today?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, one thing is I, like, I became a really big part in a church. So that like ended up helping. I went from just like going, sitting in the back. Cause I was like, my life sucks. Oh my God. So I'd like sit in the back really quiet and do that. And so I ended up meeting friends through there who really, they were not, a lot of them are not in the medical field. And so that was nice to just be around them. And, you know, I was in the band and sing and do that. So there was that, but then I also met, there was a locum, she was a locum CRNA she was amazing she was at our facility and I was just drawn to her energy and we literally became friends we went to the beach we hung out we had like lived we had actually I had lived in Minnesota she was from Minnesota so we had that kind of connection I still keep in touch with her today and she just kept me going like I just the conversations of support just being around her she was amazing and then there were some preceptors in our program that were incredible like three just stand out to me that just taught us, were real with us. They actually respected us. You know what I mean? As just humans, (laughs) like, didn't treat us like we were nothing. I remember one of them after we graduated, I mean, because you're very, you're kind of very poor when you graduate, (laughs) no matter how much you save. Sorry, guys. It's a little rough. But you kind of are really struggling at the end. And she would, after we passed boards, we're waiting for our licenses, she would take us out to lunch and, like, check on us. Um, And I, two of my classmates were really... Good. We were just really good friends, and we supported each other. So, I think between the preceptors I, the couple preceptors I had, and between my good friend, they just, yeah, I think they just fed my soul and just helped me get through. Mm One hundred percent. Yeah,
0: that's so important. And I think just like any group of people in the world, any organization or profession, there's going to be, you know, supportive people and not supportive people. And as many people who may be hard on you or tear you down, I would say, generally speaking, most CRNAs that we encounter genuinely do want us to be better want to want to teach us for the most part you know and some crnas are better teachers than others but for the most part we all think about you know what i am tra- training the next generation of crnas um to take care of my family to take care of my kids so i think if we also approach it from that lens of like okay this preceptor is really hard on me but you know what i am going to just show up better i'm i'm gonna you know take the positives from this experience and leave the negatives behind and not bring it into my day tomorrow, which is a hard thing to do and easier said than done, which is is why having support is is so important. Circling back to the financial piece, because this just triggered a thought in my mind. You know, I often get DMs where people are like, well, how much money should I save? And I'm like, I don't don't know. But, you know, I think when I started school, I think I probably had about maybe $5,000 worth of savings. And I just kind of assumed that I would just, you know, take out loans and carry me through. And it, that's what it did. And I, you know, I lived within my means during school and tried to make that loan disbursement last to the end of semest- the semester, but it was tight. And I, do you have a number that you tell people? I tell people, you know, save as much as you can, but I mean, don't go crazy and burn yourself out trying to pick up all this extra overtime. But I do wow. think having, you know, at least maybe 5 to 10k worth of savings at least for fun money, spending money, rainy day, emergency money <laughs> is a good place to start, but you yeah. know, I think if if you live within your means during school and you are you understand that you have to take out loans or most people you don't have to, but many yeah. people, many of your classmates, 95% of them are going to be taking out the same loans as you. You just have to budget appropriately in school. But do you have any advice on that end, like what you kind of tell your mentees?
1: Yeah, I kind of say, like, the same thing. Like, I'm like, I mean... The goal, it'd be amazing. I mean, if you could you imagine if you had like fifty k in the yeah. bank, yeah, <laughs> that would be incredible, right? Yeah. But I think anywhere, if you can have five figures of money in the bank, ten, twenty, twenty five, something like that, you know what I mean? I think that's perfect because it is hard to say because everyone, some people have kids and some people have mortgages and different things. You know what I mean? So it's going to look different for everybody. But I mean, if you could have five figures of a savings account, if you would, if, if you just have any money in there, it's better than what I had. But, I mean, I think five figures is a good goal to to search for. And, like, you made another key point is, like, yes, when you get that acceptance letter, work. But please take some time off before you start school. Like, it is, you know what I mean? Money is not going to go in the grave with us. Like, there's nothing we can do with money <laughs> once we're not here anymore. It's important. It's necessary. But I also am so big on, like, take time off before school. Like, don't get so hyper-focused on the money thing that you're like, oh, my God, I'm just going to work up to the bloody end. And then you start school and you're, like, exhausted. So I always just say that, yeah, once you get accepted, if you want to grab a travel contract, you want to do some PRN, I mean, keep your nursing skills up. You know, it's no time to, like get lazy by any means, but take at least a month off before school mm-hmm. and reset your mind. I have a list of books on my, on my site that I recommend people read, get in the right mindset before school is crucial. I wish I would have done that. I kind of did that as I was in school. Cause I was like, Oh, I need to like help myself here mentally and emotionally. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I'd say five figures would be fabulous if you can do it. But once again, like you guys will. I know it seems so bleak and hopeless when you're in school and your accounts dwindling, and it's like you know. I I remember I used I graduated past boards took me about five months to get my credentialing to go through I'm in Illinois and I literally my credit cards were maxed I overdrafted my bank account and I cried every single day and mind you I was a CRNA guys that's why I say results (laughs) I was a CRNA and I was bawling my eyes out every day and I remember my husband boyfriend at the time because we got back together when I was in school messy I don't know if I recommend that but anyways um and he was like dude He's like, you have, like, such a good salary waiting for you. Like, just relax. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Guys, it was fine. It was totally fine. I still have some of my loans now. I'm paying off. They are not all paid off. I'm okay. I work as little or as much as I want to. I work at places I enjoy. It's going to be fine. I promise you. (laughs)
0: Yes. And that like six month or even three months, I think I had, I want to say three months where I, before I started my job, I know the exact feeling you're talking about. You're like, wow, I did not prepare for this three months time period. Luckily I was able to like move back in with my parents before yep. I started, but not everybody has that. People have marriages and kids and mortgages just like you said. So yeah. keeping in mind, yeah, those, those couples months after, but it is going to be okay. You know, it, it is going to be fine. You're going to get the money. And now there are more and more programs. It seems to be with the DNP that are allowing their students to work that first year in the program. They're making more of the online classes up front and they're, you know, they, some programs even expect you to work. I think Drexel is one of the programs that requires their students to work that first year in some capacity. Right. But I think, you know, programs, they now understand you yeah, have three years is a long time they don't want their students coming out with a a ton more debt than, you know, as much as they can handle. So, um, and always of course, speak to a financial advisor and plan ahead, but yes, it will be okay. And it's normal for people to pay off their loans five years, 10 years, you know, everybody has their own plan. People refinance their loans at the end of school too. So there's lots of things you can do, but I think at the end of the day, the ROI it's pretty guaranteed. You know, we invest the three years of our life and we come out on the other end having much higher of a job satisfaction. I personally feeling very more fulfilled, not necessarily, you know, you don't really get that sense of dread going to work. And I kind of remember being in the ICU and just like, Please, can I be, like, should I call in and see if I can grab the lunch shift? Because where I worked, we had, like, this half lunch shift where you can come in at, like, 10. You could be, like, 10 to 3. It's called, like, the mid-shift. And I was like, oh, I should have signed up for the mid-shift. Like, I don't want to have be there all day. <laughs> I'm having that sense of dread, and, like, as a CRNA, personally, and, and this varies where you work, but, like, I don't have that. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to work today. Like, it's going to be fine. Like, I'll be tired, but it's going to be good. Yeah, and then just being able to exactly, we're in such high demand. You can choose to work. Anywhere you want to work doing outpatient cataracts, you want to do you know GI all day, you want to work in a surgery center, do plastics. you want to work in an academic hospital and be on the forefront of cutting edge technology. You can do anything for any lifestyle call. No call, make big bucks, make just as much as you want. Um, no weekends, no holidays. Like the flexibility is endless. Like you work long shifts, so then you have more time off sometimes, right? Like you can work eights, you can do any combination, anything. The flexibility is endless. So there's just so much job satisfaction. So as much as we talk about like the financial stress and like the the rigors of school, it is so worth it. And I know you feel the same way, like best decision I've ever made. And I think that's what drives us both is because we see like, not how happy we are now, but just Like, we're on the other end of it, and we're like, oh, it's so worth it. Just, like, keep working. You can do this. Like, it's going to be so worth it. And we can see that now. And so we want that for people who also want that. But it's, like, so hard for them to see that in the moment because they're like, is it worth it? Is it worth the debt? Is it worth this stress? And we're like, yes, it is. Just keep doing it. Yeah.
1: Absolutely yeah and a lot of my um, a lot of the people I've mentored that are like it's so exciting watching them graduate and pass boards and do that and I've checked in with most of them and every single and trust me guys like I was in the thick of it like some of the people I've mentored I mean we were in the thick of it together and they would text me and we'd be on calls and they'd be crying and they'd be like this I mean I was in it with them and I can honestly say I you know I check in with them now and I'm like was it worth it would you do it again they're like yes I it's so great. You know what I mean? But trust and believe six months ago, I was in the thick of it with them. I was feeling, you know, I, I in their faces and I can feel it in the emails and on the texts of how, and I get that because I've so been there, you know? And that's why I think it's just so important. I love that. Like, I love what you're doing. Um, with the CRNA club, like there's so many people like emerging and mentoring and doing stuff. And we all have our own different, unique take on things. And I just think it's so powerful. And I just, and I know a lot of people that I mentor, are like, I want to do what you do. And I'm like, well, come on. Like, you know, there's room for everybody because we all need support and we all need support in different ways. And so I just, I appreciate what you're doing. And I honestly, I like, I love giving anesthesia, but I can't tell you how much I love, coaching and mentoring, like nurses and future CRNAs. I, it like lights me up. I love it.
0: Mm -hmm. And that is something that we really need in the profession too. And I think that it's, it's difficult sometimes to find mentors, um, especially, you know, there are not a ton of CRNAs on social media, but it, you know, if you, for people listening, if you are having a hard time finding somebody like Amanda, finding somebody to connect with, honestly, shadowing as much as you can or attending state meetings is going to be the best way to find those people because you know it's like kissing so many frogs to find a prince right like maybe you shadow 3 different CRNAs but that fourth one you shadow is going to be like take you under their wing right and like totally invest in you or you meet somebody at a meeting and they're like oh you want to go to this that school that's my alma mater like oh let me help you out and it really comes down to putting yourself out there and it can be awkward and it can be uncomfortable but people do really want to help you so I know we both try to get back to like every single person that reaches out to us. We genuinely want to help. Um, and I can I that's the same for most of the, most of the CRNAs out there. So I know that you Uh, like going back to precepting SRNAs and, and mindset. So when you are working with SRNAs in the clinical setting, what are some like standout characteristics that you see in successful SRNAs, whether that be interpersonal skills or coping skills? What are some of those things that you would encourage applicants to look at in themselves that you see in successful SRNAs?
1: I think the main thing is honestly like flexibility, and I tell everybody like the clinical site. I'm the clinical coordinator at my um, at my site, and it's a rough site. Like I mean, it's not. I mean, we. I kind of we went back and forth on should we let brand new sRNAs come to our site because it's, it's 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 crazy. It's like a crazy site, and so the first thing I literally tell them when they walk in the door, I'm like, if you want to succeed in the program, and at this clinical site, I just ask that you be flexible. Like, I just ask that you kind of take it, and it's hard, because you kind of, you want your assignment, you want to have everything looked up, you want everything to be clean, you want everything, and I get that, and to an extent, depending on where you're at in the program, I do try to help and create that for you. But it's just not always possible, because it's surgery, and it's surgery with sick people and kind of craziness. The biggest thing I say is flexibility. And then I think communication. Like we talk about this a lot with interviews and stuff like that. And you, you know, they ask you emotional intelligence, behavioral questions about communication. It really is key. And I think coming in, even though I know you're nervous, like my main thing is coming in and communicating to me number one, where are you at? Like, what are your strengths and what are you weak in? Like, my first thing I do is I give them a sheet and I'm like, where are we going? Like, I need you to come in with a plan and I need you to be able to communicate to me exactly where you're at and what you need so that I can, we can have a plan together and then we can check in mid site and then see where we're at at the end, right? Like, I just don't want you to come in and just be like, oh, whatever happens, happens. It is what it is, you know? So I think that is, so having, so... Flexibility, communication, having a strong sense of knowing what you have to offer, being in your worth, knowing your value, being able to show and show up and communicate that, but also really being able to communicate this is where I'm weak at, this is where I'm struggling at because I can work with that. We can work with that. It's not a death sentence. So I think those are the biggest things. And obviously in my coaching program, we do a lot of work on worth, you know? And it's like, I know everyone's like, I want to I shadow you. I want to precept with you. And I tell people, I'm like, guys, I'm like, I'm not mean, but I'm hard. Like I have really high expectations. I do. I expect a lot because like I said, my whole thing is like, you all are going to be taking care of me, my son, like, you know, my family, everything. And so I want to create leaders like I'm not here to just create technicians and people who can just give anesthesia. I mean, anyone can like do an induction sequence and figure it out. You know what I mean? You can do that. Like I'm really here to create leaders and leadership is built on to me, the flexibility, the communication and the ability to know what you're good at, what you're weak at and having the strength to be able to fail and come back with a different plan and like keep showing up and doing the best you can. I think that is so crucial. And I think if, uh, if some of you can kind of go into clinical with your plan ready and being able to like, you know, and that's why I say I'm like we I work in a very extremely autonomous anesthesia practice. And I tell all the students, I'm like, these CRNAs are extremely autonomous. They expect you to have plan. I don't even care if the plan is like the worst plan in the world. Have a plan and have a plan after that be able to communicate that and then we will help you work to execute it and tweak it and finish it so come in come in strong like come in you know what I mean don't come in like oh my god I shouldn't be here I do no like walk in there own your spot you're here now it's not a fluke that you're in school you know come in with, with a good attitude with strength and just like you had said earlier like yeah people are going to be cranky people are going to be I mean shoot I've been pregnant hormonal for my last few students <laughs> (laughs) I'm like, sorry guys, wasn't really myself, still love you, but I'm a little crazy, you know what I mean? Like, CRNAs, we are people too, we are humans, we have messy lives too, Um, and so just... Learn to see the humanity in the people around you, even if you're not a fan of them and they're acting crazy and also learn and you'll be able to and see the humanity in yourself and have the compassion on yourself. And it'll be so much easier to kind of give that to other people because we're all we're all just trying to get through life. <laughs> I know we're in a different spot than you and you might think like, if I could just get to where you are, it's fine. But to get to where we are you got to go through the fire and be refined. And so I think those are the major things that I just love when the student comes in and they're just like, all right, put me in, ready to work, tap me in, coach, like, let's go. And they're just willing to take the hard days and, you know, and and talk to me. If you're having a hard time, if anything's going on, just talk to me, right? Let me know. I know that you have a life too. I don't, you know what I mean? So if there's something going on you want to talk about, let me know. I know the last few... The last couple people I've had have had some very traumatic situations happen to them in the OR. And, yeah, take the next day off. Breathe. You know what I mean? Like, learn. And I think I just did a post on this, too, about staying late, you know, it's to the point, like you don't want to stay every single day. I don't expect anyone to work 14, 16 hours, but you guys do have to set yourselves up as like, I'm getting there early. I'm staying late. I'm going to finish this case. I can't, you know what I mean? Like you just, you have to find that balance, but you guys are leaders. I don't care how anybody else treats you that is not your business, it should not affect how you show up. So show up as the leader that you want to be in healthcare. that leader that you wrote about in your personal statement, that leader that you talked about in your interview, that leader that you, when all you guys are like, I saw CRNA and they came in the ICU and they dropped the tube and they were just a badass and I love them and da 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 Like, be that person. Show up as that person. You have to practice becoming who you want to be, and that's what clinical is for. So just... Grab it by the horns and do it. That's my best advice. I love when y'all come in and y'all just ready to go.
0: you <laughs> are just spitting fire over here. I love it. There's so many things that you just said that I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And I think some of this is going to kind of resonate with people once they're in clinical in that moment. But, yeah, we notice. We notice if, if it's a big case, if it's a neck dissection or a carotid endarterectomy, and it's going to go past five, yes, we expect you to stay and finish it out. This is a big case. Um, but, you know, that's not going to be every day. Um, but there are going to be times where it's not going to be fair, where you're going to be like, man, I really don't want to do this. But remember that it's all temporary. Um, in three years when you graduate, it'll be okay. Uh, somebody will come relieve you and <laughs> it's fine. You're going to be getting paid for that. And you know, it's going to be your time to, to go home and, and it's all going to kind of be behind you. But sometimes in the moment you're, yeah, you, you show up and you, you, that's your time to learn. That's your time to, to fail as well. The other thing that you mentioned too. I also really value the communication aspect um, as well. And I think there is a fear sometimes when students come in and they don't want to say the wrong thing. They don't want you to know that maybe they don't know that or kind of let on that they are feeling insecure about something. But CRNAs are perceptive people, we can tell. Um, But the more you show your thought process and talk through things and give a rationale for why you're doing different things, we can, you know, at least see that you're thinking because we know that SRNAs don't maybe know the right answer between Plan A and Plan B. And the truth is, you could ask Amanda what anesthetic she would do for a certain case. You, you could ask me today what anesthetic I would do, and we might have two totally different plans. Is one better than the other? No, but each is going to have their pros and cons. Each is going to have maybe what we're both comfortable with, what we're okay managing and dealing with the side effects or repercussions of those choices. And the same thing with uh, in the ICU. Or with SRNAs, it's like, yeah, you need to have a plan A, B, C, D. Um, any of them could work perfectly fine, but at least to tell us why you're doing that. And that is applicable to applicants in the sense that that's what program directors are trying to get out of you and faculty members are trying to see when they ask you these questions. Your peak pressures alarms are going off. What are you going to do? There might not be a right like answer step thought process, but they want to see you going through, okay, I do this, I do that, I do that, I do this, just to hear you thinking. So the more you can practice talking out loud, it's, it's going to benefit you in clinical. When you go to work with Amanda or shadow her, over communicating and sharing those things is just going to give her a peek into the to your thought process and make her feel more confident. Like, okay, we can work with this. We can work with this. You're doing this. This is your goal. And I ask my students the same thing when they show up to clinical. I'm like, A, when, how, how long have you been in clinical? Are you a junior or a senior? When are you graduating? And B, what are we working on today? What are you weak at? What are we What are we getting used to? And then I think many of them are just like, whoa. Like, uh. And then as soon as they start, they spiel out their whole list. Well, you know, I'm not great with the Miller. Um, my wake-ups suck. I'm not good at turning at the ga- off the gas soon enough. Um, i really like to work on my spinals. And then it's like, okay, these are all the things I want to work on. So then that day, we're like, all right, let's do it. Like, this is what you're doing. So having those internal goals is, is super important. Yeah. So I think everything you had to say was just spot on, Amanda, especially with being flexible. Flexibility is so big. So in wrapping this up here, so I know you work with a lot of people in school, but for those people who are applying to school, who are listening, if you could leave them with some big tips or some things that you just wish you could uh, get into people's minds, what would some of those things be?
1: Yeah, I would say my big thing is being organized throughout the application process. So know where you're applying, know what you need, and have a plan for getting that stuff done, right? Because I know it can be so overwhelming, so just chunk it out. You're, you can't figure out where you're going if you don't know where you're going, right? So, like, you can't figure out the plan if you don't know where you're getting in your car. You don't know what to put in the navigation. So that's kind of my number one thing, is where are the schools you want to apply to? What, what, do, they, what do they require? And what do you need to just meet those requirements? Like, just work on meeting those requirements. My other big thing is, is you guys have to be excellent nurses. I can't say this more than enough. Excellent nurses make excellent CRNAs. You have to build that foundation that's why I say don't rush 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 work through the burnout work through the feelings like feel them work through them take some time off but don't let your frustration and your burnout keep you from learning and becoming the best nurse you can be because you're only it's only going to help you in school with your critical thinking with your communication with your troubleshooting and so don't rush the process of being a nurse and even if like I didn't get I didn't get any idea to you. You guys, I wasn't in critical care until, I mean, I think like four years. I think for four years I did med search telly. I did palliative care. I worked on floors. Like I went kind of the long route because I could not get in critical care how I wanted to. So I just said, okay, And like had the best experience and all of that has served me, you know, we've got, and it doesn't matter, like L and D nurses have become CRNAs, like OR nurses have become CRNAs. It doesn't matter where you're at or where you start, everything counts, right? So I want you to like, just squeeze the life out of your nursing experience. Even if it's not critical care, it counts and you're not behind the other thing i would say is like interviews uh, you kind of touched on it too that communication piece is like i'm always in my mock interviews and stuff like that and like you have to explain to them the kind of nurse you are and the kind of person you are and i love that you paralleled that with the or like yeah over communicate a little bit the the people on the panel have to see how you think how you function you have to give them a beautiful picture of who you are as a person and who who you are as a nurse and you're not going to be talking too much. Cause everyone's like, I don't want to talk too much. But like, I always say my goal for people after interviews, when you walk out of that room, they should feel like they really know you. They should feel like they have a sense of like that person would do well in my program. Not, oh, I wish they would have told me a little... I'm just not sure, right? You don't want them to be in this not sure place. You want that... You want to walk out of that interview being like, I laid it all on the table. Like, I held nothing back. And I think... I believe I gave them enough information to make a decision. Either way. Enjoy the process. I know I said that before. Enjoy it. Do not beat the application process. Do not beat yourself into submission, personal statements, and resumes. Enjoy it. Like, this is your application is a beautiful showcase of your hard work. So showcase it, your interview, you get to showcase your work, you get to show them who you are. The process doesn't have to be the worst thing you've ever done in the world, right? It's just a process. And however you can overcome rejection and disappointment, and that is only gonna make you a better candidate for anesthesia school. So don't forget everything from this moment till you getting into school is going to help you get through school. So don't rush it. Don't hate it. I mean, you can hate parts of it, but I really, like I said, the journey is the life. The journey is your life. This is what it is. You have to enjoy the getting there to appreciate it when you get there and like beyond.
0: Absolutely, and also just to circle back to, to what you said, it's like no time is wasted. Every failure that you have had, there's a silver lining to that. And they're going to ask you in your interview. They're going to ask you in your essay. Tell, about, tell us about the most challenging time in your life. Tell us about a time that you uh, didn't, you know, achieve what you wanted to achieve. And and those everything that we go through is ammo for those situations and preparing us for. Our application process or preparing us for moments as a CRNA when we're like, yeah, I remember when I was working in palliative care, like we care for patients who are at the end of their life having surgery for just comfort to give them a few more months. And all those experiences you had come into play. So you never know when you're gonna why you're going through things, but years later it might it might make sense. I know people are listening to this and they're going to be like, I want to work with Amanda. She's so great. Uh, What are some ways that people can work with you?
1: First of all, I have my Instagram page where I've got tons of content on there. I'm usually on my 24-hour shifts. I usually will, you know, I haven't been feeling well because I'm <laughs> pregnant at the moment, but I take you guys along with me. I love to quiz you guys, and I do answer everyone back. It might be a couple days, but I do get to all my DMs and answer back, so come hang out with me. You can see my messy, crazy life. I hold nothing back, and I'm always there to answer questions, to help you troubleshoot, you know, etc. I also have a Facebook Facebook page. And I know she will get all the the links up for you. A Facebook page. uh, It's called the Surviving to Thriving sRNA. And kind of just little five minute snippets of how to apply certain things. Like I love doing little videos of clinical situations I've been in, how to handle them. So that's that. I also kind of link those videos to my YouTube page. So there's my YouTube page. Those are all the ways you guys can just hang out, connect with me, tell me what you want to see. And then I have my coaching programs. I have my coaching programs for those and mentoring programs who want to get into school. Where We roadmap out, and I help you guys, like I said, enjoy the process, <laughs> get through the process. You'll never know not what to do because we step-by-step step lay it out. You're always going to be able to move forward. And then I have my, my kind of my, my, like my favorite, I love working with my SRNAs who, um, are in school and coaching them and giving them all my notes and helping them with board prep and getting started and helping with that. And so, um, I have that as well. So you get, you know, I, I coach you, you get access to me, you get access to everything I have to give you. Yeah. And so just a bunch of, a bunch of just tools and tips. I want to make y'all's life easier. I want to make it enjoyable. And like I said, I want to get people out of this survival because literally I spent my entire twenties in like survival mode. Like I remember I literally ended up on steroids for like a month because I I got so sick because I just was in go, 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 get get, 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 survive. And I just don't want that for y'all. I want you guys to be able to thrive in some of the hardest challenging times of your life because you really do deserve that. So Come on over and hang out, and um, I'd love to hear from you all. I'm here for, I'm here for all the questions and, and anything you guys
0: might need. And I, I think it's so important too, because some sRNAs when they go through clinicals. Some clinical sites, depending on where you are, sometimes you're kind of treated like staff. Um, after a couple of months in, you're in your own room, you know, after maybe three three months of four months of orientation. That's how uh, my experience was. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, you know what? I learned by trial and error a lot, um, looking back on the clinical day and be like, man, I wouldn't do that again. Um, because I was in the room alone, which built incredible autonomy and made me communicate and, and definitely pushed me. But sometimes I'm like, you know what? If I had a C- um and there, there were plenty of cRNAs around it, it wasn't like I was abandoned by any means and I enjoyed it I liked it liked it that way but I think also having somebody who could you could talk to like yourself to be like hey this didn't work out great you know this is and you feel like it's a safe space you know you're not anybody's clinical coordinator or part of their program you are like totally removed so it, it feels very safe um, to, to come and approach you and ask you these questions so I think that's really important to have because not every every srna is going to have that kind of yeah. environment um so it's, it's it's really amazing so i will link everything uh that you mentioned below and thank you so much for coming on the podcast this was incredible i know it was it's going to be so helpful for everybody
1: listening um thank you so much for having me i had a blast you guys look forward to hearing from you all